Hello and welcome to One Brain at a Time. I'm Dr. K. And I'm Dr. J. So, really excited about today's topic because it's something obviously lived experience, but there might be a little debating going on here. (laughs) So, uh, what we're thinking about talking and reviewing is birth order. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, I absolutely want to know the birth order um, with the folks that I'm working with. Do you? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I never ask. Oh gosh, yeah. Maybe I do when I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> so the theory of birth order was developed by a theorist named Alfred Adler. And he developed this birth order theory in order um, to understand which order a child was born that perhaps it shaped their development and their personality. Yeah, and some of that, his earlier work, we're talking over 100 years ago, right? He was was like... He was uh, born in the late 1800s. Oh, okay. So, well, (laughs) I know I'm losing track of time because it is 2023. (laughs) So like a hundred years ago, it sounds about right. But early on, his work was kind of, I don't know, maybe a little sterile, a little more on the negative side. Um. And that's not how I took no. it. No, I, because I'm so drawn to this. Right. I, um, but, you know, he was of the era with um, Jung and Freud. Yeah. They were contemporaries of his oh, okay. um, developing their theories. And well, kind of interesting, probably n- um, not a, popular topic back then but in modern psychology and modern psychology being within the last hundred years or so um how yeah that's interesting i didn't i didn't think about it until we were just talking right now how innovative that thinking was yeah yeah so for reference sake, birth order, <laughs> I am team youngest child. And I am team oldest. <laughs> so our, our homework was to research each other's birth order in our family. And we were going to share what some of the uh, characteristics are and Weigh in if we agree or disagree. (laughs) And just for reference sake, too, uh, the birth order in our family of origin is you, Mm -hmm. then our brother, Mm -hmm. who was 15 months behind you. Yes. And then five years later, the greatest gift, the greatest (laughs) gift of all. And this is what fits the youngest (laughs) birth order criteria. (laughs) true story (laughs) so would you like me to go first oh sure absolutely you can go (laughs) so uh, these are you know again this is meant to be a thought provoking conversation but also to have some fun because I 
don't even begin to claim I am an expert on this material, but it has been topics of conversation in therapy with clients, just birth order, what that means, and even, and we'll talk about this later, the relationship of romantic relationships or friendships and how that lines up. So this will be fun. Yeah. All right. So... Uh, Because we don't have a middle child represented in this conversation, I just wanted to just bullet point some of the stuff I pulled off the internet. So middle child, it is said they are peacemakers and pleasers. They are competitive. They are independent. They are easygoing, innovative, self-motivated, successful, make great parents and feel left out. Mm -hmm. So again, I can't speak to this (laughs) position of order, um, but wanted to make sure that our middle children who are listening were represented. Represented. Uh, The other, uh, other birth order that was worth mentioning too as only children. Yes. And again, you and I can't speak to that. However, I'm married to an only child and I have an only child. And so uh, a couple of characteristics that I pulled off the, off the web was they are mature, they are perfectionists, they are conscientious and diligent, which I thought was interesting because Check, 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 check. (laughs) And and from a birth order standpoint, the onlys and the oldest are usually uh, similar. Very similar, yes. Oh, okay. Um, So, getting started with Team Youngest. (laughs) And I want to say I was fair to put down some of the challenges in this birth order, too. (laughs) So, I have... And as I said before, I just pulled it off of uh, the internet, no particular order. Uh, Positive. We tend to be positive. The youngest tend to be positive? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Am I going to say these in every time? (laughs) I was just making sure. (laughs) Who we were talking about. (laughs) I agree with that attribute. I think I can be a very positive individual. Um, Second one, uncomplicated, which I do agree. Uh, Outgoing and charming. Yes. Yes. Hardworking. Mm -hmm. Yes. Persistent. Oh, yes. (laughs) funny yes social oh my gosh yes relaxed mm-hmm. um and so this is where i will address the uh not so flattering although i have arguments to counteract uh temperamental which i don't i wouldn't see my i wouldn't say i'm temperamental would you Rarely. <laughs> what do you mean rarely? I think a temperamental is like kind of tantruming and 
I think I speak for all. We know when you're not happy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to your list. Oh. And we know when we haven't delivered the goods, whether it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the point. I think the. I think on the list of oldest is delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This one's spoiled. You know, it's funny because I think even if you're not into birth order, that's a general um, idea with youngest. And I don't see myself as spoiled. No, I don't. I don't see you as spoiled. I think that there were times growing up um for instance um dad one easter gave you the largest easter egg basket and john and i got average sizes as it should be <laughs> i don't what's the issue with that did you tell your sleeping therapist about that basket <laughs> Well, I think also, too, I remember growing up that both you and our brother's name's John would kind of call mom out. I don't know so much, Dad, but you were so much harder on us than you are on her, that kind of thing. So I guess maybe if that equates to spoiled. Well, I mean, having two kids myself, I know that um, the realization... I knew I just wanted two kids, and so my youngest was my baby. And so I, as I've said earlier, I love being a mama, and I just feel like my parenting at times was skewed because I looked at this child as my baby. Right. Um, And so I think that, at least with Dad, he had some of that with you. Right. Um. And I think another factor about this is birth order, but then another sublayer would be gender, mm. just family system set up. There's impact on all of it, yeah. but uh, yeah. Okay, back to me. Um, <laughs> I thought this one was way off. Impatient. no 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 that doesn't no not at all i mean impatient to me i think it's more driven we're driven to get things done and when they're not getting done we just encourage people (laughs) to get them done (laughs) why are you laughing oh There are times that you can be invasion. Oh my gosh, this is so priceless watching you be diplomatic. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much fun this is going to be. And what's even better is being able to associate this to the brain because (laughs) birth order and brain definitely has a correlation. If, If all of this is true how birth order impacts the brain. Yeah. 
So uh, going back to my list, I saw this on several lists and I didn't really appreciate it, <laughs> but it said manipulative. <laughs> what the, what is that <laughs> shenanigans? Again, I, I don't, I rarely see that. <laughs> I'm like manipulative. What about motivative? Like, I motivate. <laughs> I don't manipulate. That sounds so harsh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And last but not least, self-centered was on several lists. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes back to, at least in my mind, that idea of being spoiled, entitled, it's all about me kind of stuff. And I absolutely, I think it's adopted in our family, my statement of it's all about me, um, which is true. (laughs) (laughs) That has been your slogan for at least 35 years. I know. And who knew it was just part of my birth order. (laughs) I think it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. The two others that I forgot to mention, uh, which I identified with, was free-spirited. No, that's for sure, yeah. And adventurous. Yep. Yes, you have absolutely. So let me ask you, Mm -hmm. with the list that I just went through, Mm -hmm. percentage-wise, how much would you say that's me? Spot on. Oh, I can't wait for your list. And you better have put challenging <laughs> ones on there. Oh, there are. All right. All right. And I agree with them. All right. All right. Let's hear. All right. So the first one is domineering. <laughs> domineering. Well, it's funny, though, because when you think of that, if you were to have if you would have said that to me when we were kids, a hundred percent, but I wouldn't, I would not choose that word to describe you today. I agree with you, but I definitely, um, identify it when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, and that's a good point too, because I think a lot of the stuff I took off the internet was based on children, mm-hmm. but, um, but obviously the stuff can change as you. Yeah. yeah. Um, another one was protective. Yep. Overachieving. Potential for leadership. Mm-hmm. Responsible. Determined. I'm blowing through all these. I know. Notice how you don't pause <laughs> to have my reaction. Okay, so um, am I protective? A hundred percent. Am I overachieving? Yes. Uh, Do I have potential for leadership? Yes. Am I responsible? Yes. Am I determined? Yes. Am I outspoken? Mm, I would say, um, I don't think that would be my go-to. But if it's uh, something that you're passionate about, but I'm guessing that's, yeah, I would say 50-50. 
It says, um, because a firstborn is sometimes seen as a spokesperson for their siblings, many find comfort within advocating for themselves and others. So again, to that point of what we said when we were kids, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely were the spokesperson. Um, ambitious. Yep. Opinionated. Uh, you know, I don't think I... I I would say when I was younger, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so those are the things that um, characterize the older, oldest um, in a family. Yeah, that's that's an interesting exercise, actually, to kind of review this with a sibling and say, <laughs> do you agree or not agree? So I think what it also kind of conjures up is that our relationship today versus what it was when we were kids. Oh my gosh. Yeah, our uh, we're 5 years and 11 months. Um let's say 6 years. Oh, <laughs> 5 and 11 months. Come on. Um so, you know, growing up when you were born, I have this vivid memory of knowing mom and dad were at the hospital and then the phone rang and our grandmother answered it and she got off and she said, it's a girl. And I just remembered the absolute sheer joy at almost six years of age that I had a sister. And so when you were a baby... It was just so much fun. Um, well, especially I would imagine because you were born into this world to be a mom. You've always had maternal energy, so having a live doll. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Um, and then I think um, the roles really started to get defined when um, our parents split mm-hmm. and then you know, we're eventually divorced. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just think that a lot of the things that I listed under oldest um, definitely became true for me. Right. And because I was so young, I wasn't really aware mm-hmm. of, of the chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think you, I don't think, I know that you became the protector and especially for uh, myself and our brother, that you were the surrogate parent for a lot of our childhood. Yeah. In particular with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I was so adorable. <laughs> so adorable. And I, I feel like when I, like early on, like... Um, I'm going to say up until I probably hit middle school-ish, mm-hmm. uh, I would say that we were pretty close. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But once I hit, I'd say my sophomore year in high school and boys became, you know, an interest of mine, um, that's when I really saw you as the little annoying sister. What? Yes. I don't think so. Yes. Could it have been any reason (laughs) 
One of my favorite stories is, obviously, if you're listening to this, you can hear how much we sound alike. And back when we had rotary phones, <laughs> that's right, for the kids who are listening, Google it. Uh, when a boyfriend would call and I'd pick up the phone and he would think I was you and I would play along oh so gosh. I could find out the dirt. <laughs> And if you weren't doing that on the phone, you were spying <laughs> of through course. the window. Of course. So anyway, that's where I think that, um, you know, our age span started to separate us because of where we were chronologically in maturity and where our needs were. Yeah. Um, I think so. I have a different recollection of it because... Um, I always, you know, everything you did and everyone, your friends, everything, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cool. And um, just any part of being a part was magic. And then you left to go to college. And then after that, it seemed like because, well, at that point you were 18 and I was 12, so junior high and yeah. I was getting into some trouble and really building autonomy as far as, you know, I'm, I'm cool and I don't need you and I don't need anyone. And I think for a while, I mean, we, we never were out of each other's lives, no. but uh, I definitely started to um I don't I don't think I would say build independence but definitely wasn't in that little kid little sister look up to you role like oh anything she thinks is yeah everything and and then going through um you getting married and having kids and uh, I was 17 when Brittany was born, mm -hmm. so I was still basically a kid yeah. being an aunt, but how great that experience was having babies in the in the family, but I was never that maternal. You were always maternal, and I was like, yeah, kids are cool, but <laughs> I'm not like, oh, I want to hang out all the time, but... uh yeah, through that time, and I finished undergrad and then moved. And so we were always in each other's lives, but I don't, obviously not the level of closeness we have today. No. No, but you know what? Looking back, you and I were just in different phases of our lives. And <clears throat> it was good. You know, you were that adventurous um, person going to other parts of the country and trying out different things. And I was being responsible as a young mom and taking care of my kids and doing my thing. But I really feel that, you know, w once you got married and then had, um, your child, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to word <laughs> For those of you who don't know, my sister looks at me as if I was her surrogate because my daughter, her niece, 
she feels is her daughter. Is my third child. <laughs> but, um, you know, that definitely started putting us on the same plane um, in life together. Oh, my gosh. You were my lifeline when I became a mom. Well, you were my lifeline when dad had the stroke and really I was down, 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 down. And you were devastated as well, but, you know, decisions had to be made and I just, I was struggling and you allowed me my space. And for me, that was just such a monumental moment of you taking care of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because as you were just talking about that, I was thinking how overall I would say that in all the 50 plus years, we've been sisters. 85% has been the dynamic of you being the caretaker Mm -hmm. and through my therapy and work I really had to step out of that because I couldn't be in a full relationship with you if I continued to be the little kid mm-hmm. with little kid expectations and that was definitely a big um not a huge part but a bigger part to my own work yeah and I had to get out of that place of guilt that somehow I was failing you if I didn't show up and to allow you your process, which in return allowed me to get more centered and out of the parent-child role that we had been in to sisters. Yeah. And I think that took place, um, at least my recollection, is we had had some disagreements throughout the years or whatever that we never addressed. Mm -hmm. And I think it festered, at least on my part, it had festered. And because my strategy of choice was to avoid, (laughs) ironically enough, in my personal world, avoid. In my professional world, you know, tackle it right on. But being the little sister, the little kid, avoiding any kind of disruption with you especially. But um, I want to say it was about eight years ago or so. I think it was Columbus Day weekend or whenever I came up to Vermont and we sat in your living room and laughed, cried, put it all out there. I think we talked for about five hours and it really shifted the dynamic. And I feel like we were finally able to be with one another as equals as opposed to the older sister, the little sister kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, talking about the birth order, you know, it's that space where I still can slide back into that of, no, whatever you want to do and, you know, deferring to you because I want you happy Um, Which I like. (laughs) I like a little dysfunction every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, But, you know, that falls on me. And it, um, 
using my voice, which is like you. I mean, I didn't use my voice so often until I was pushed emotionally into that place of switching on my fighter. And she came out and, you know, but, yeah. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that we're talking about birth order, but what also has to be mixed into this is any other stuff, you know, trauma, anxiety, depression, right. substance use, all of this yeah, stuff of course. plays out in the whole equation on who we are personality wise. Right. I think what's fascinating about the discussion of birth order is it's a jumping off point yes and as you were saying that you ask your clients or explore Uh that how much has that like how much does that take over in a session with somebody are you educating people no i'm just it's for my own gain to um it gives me sort of a framework to ask questions um and oftentimes the oldest has still carried on a lot of those traits yeah um and that has to be wrangled in because it's there's a part of it that's great but there's a part of it that's dysfunctional yeah and i would say honestly that the middle child which is they feel forgotten is the one area that I haven't really put a lot of time in to understand because I don't get a lot of middle children. Well, how funny is that though, that that fits the criteria that they're not prioritized. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It's awful. I mean, I've worked, I, as I said before, I don't make it a priority, but it comes out naturally when mm-hmm. I'm talking to folks because I'm such a family systems oriented therapist. And so that naturally comes out. And I think it's really the other layers to it. You kind of touched upon it, but the oldest child, if female, the oldest child, if male, if the next child is female or male, like there's so many dynamics to it. Parent, what the parent was, was the parent and old, the mother an oldest and is parenting a youngest. I mean, you can really go down yes. the rabbit hole with all of the different formations and how that can impact a relationship. Yeah. I've always found it interesting, actually, you and I were just talking about this, I think yesterday, that my mother-in-law is an only, my husband's an only, and my daughter's an only. And how, for me being the youngest, because only and youngest are a good fit. Mm -hmm. Youngest and oldest are a good fit. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with two youngest or two oldest or whatever. But if you were to read anything about birth order and relationships, but the other thing I thought of was my three bestest, bestest, bestest friends from childhood. All four of us are youngest. 
And what's so funny is that the majority of my closest friends are all the oldest. Is that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it makes me wonder about relationships, you know, friendships, sisterhoods, that kind of thing. How interesting that is. Yeah. Now, your, yeah, first husband, mm-hmm. only husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing this. He was an only, I mean, a uh, youngest. He was the youngest, yep. yeah. So from the perspective of relationships, that fit. And you know what? When we think about romantic relationships and what draws us to somebody, like you were saying earlier, that if what we're saying is true, then your draw to him was being in that caretaking mode he would have been in that like to be taken care of mode or whatever as a youngest and how um yeah it would have been interesting to see if you had maybe you wouldn't have ever been drawn to an oldest but yeah I think and this is where unhealthy strategies of survival come in that I learned that my value and worth was based on doing. Mm -hmm. And over time, like it wasn't something that I consciously said, oh, I'm going to be kind and I'm going to take care of and I'm going to be and I'm going to. It was just something that materialized over time. And I found my worth and value by people recognizing that about me right and so it makes perfect sense why I would choose someone to take care of right you know and yeah and that's a whole nother podcast um well it also talks about what this whole podcast is about the brain if we're looking to feel safe and normal and status quo in our lives, then assuming those roles, whether functional or dysfunctional or somewhere in the middle, it would make sense to continue that role. And that's where our work really starts to examine how does this role affect your daily quality of life. Is it in balance? Is it out of balance? And so for me, cut back to me, the youngest <laughs> child, uh, the funny, I've kind of referenced this before that being funny has always been a great tool, a great strategy to avoid, to deflect. And even though uh, I love humor, when it was out of balance, it wasn't a great quality to have because it was masking what was really uh, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. So, But it also becomes our identity. Yeah. And so you have such an incredible quick wit that I've always been so envious of that your brain can think so quickly with a rebuttal to a situation or to a person Um And so, you know, everybody knows that you are funny. Um, With me, I'm going to guess that, you know, 
historically, if anybody needed anything, right, I would, you know, like with the kids and my husband at the time, like I, I took care of all of their needs, and I found such a sense of purpose right. and fulfillment. And what I've realized is, is that. Again, I was trying to feed this system that I had developed of my value and my worth, and it didn't go outside of that. Right. So here's a meta question. Yeah. Do you think if by divine action Mm -hmm. I was born first Mm -hmm. and you were born last, Mm -hmm. would we be fundamentally different people? I think that your development, if you had been first born, it would have um, absolutely played out in who you are. Yeah. Are you going to tell me that I wouldn't be as funny? I think you'd be funny as well as (laughs) (laughs) a parentified child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, too, that for context for us, I think it's important to say or to point out that her mother is the youngest Mm -hmm. of her tribe. And our father, would he be considered middle? Out of four kids, he was the second. But the only boy. Yes. Which had a different... Uh, dynamic to it as well. Yeah. 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 So uh, couple wise, romantic wise, I can understand because he was definitely more like you with that caretaking. And mom has always been the adventurous, like she and I share (laughs) humor. We share a lot of things. Mom is very quick with it too. She and I will just get going and can't even breathe. Oh, I, I, some of my best memories are the three of us together and we are just wetting our pants because we're <laughs> laughing uncontrollably. I know she's got a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of birth order, brain therapy, I think we kind of covered it. Yeah. So I would suggest or or uh, offer the insight for anyone who wants to learn more about this. It's real easy to look up online. And Adler was the jumping off point, and it's nice that he started the conversation. And I just saw a research study, I think it was 2021, where they were looking at 9- and 10-year-olds mm-hmm. to see if birth order played a part in mental health. So I'm I'm guessing Adler's looking down going, cool, you're taking my concept and taking it to the next level. Yeah, I just, I for me, like I said earlier, any tidbit of data that I can get on anybody is going to add to the holistic treatment plan. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's a fun discussion, especially with your siblings. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's it on birth order for now. And I did want to mention, too, because you and I had talked about it. I just have to be completely transparent that there are times where I might be repeating myself from one podcast to another. (laughs) (laughs) So bear with us. When we like to make a point, sometimes we utilize things we've already referenced. And I'm right alongside you on that one too. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) All right. Bye for now. All right. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.